What's up, guys? Joe Amico here. Just wanted to give a big thank you to everyone who voted for me as their favorite player of the year. Um, man, honestly, I'm honored. You guys make my job that much more enjoyable. I love socializing and getting to know all of you guys at the games and after the games. Just uh, seeing you guys in the crowd and hearing you chant my name, it pumps me up. So I love that. Thank you guys so much. All the best vibes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was your pick for fan favorite player, Joel Miko. We uh, let him know that he won the award. He wanted to send that message out for each and every one of you to hear uh, how grateful he was for that. Uh, we got more awards to give out, and we're going to do that right now. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. So one, two, Godoy. He's found a great ball into Voltsin. Plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas and Voltsin. Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there. Crosses it. Pineda. The extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and burying aside. Well taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County on the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast presented by roughneck scarves we are the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i'm your host ray samora and i'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things orange county soccer club even when I'm multitasking, I just realized right now while that intro music was going on, I didn't have my laptop plugged in and it was getting really close to dying. That would have just been a huge, huge mistake. Uh, not like we ever have perfect episodes anyways, uh, but we do got a busy episode to get into award season, our second episode of awards. And I got to introduce a nice big cast that we have here with us. First and foremost, um, been with me since day one on this podcast second round of awards um yeah dylan dylan how are you doing man i'm doing pretty good um watched my the collegiate women's team i work for win 8-1 today so you know nice and, and positive feelings going into an episode where we get to celebrate more things that's always great when you can celebrate some local soccer victories um talking about local we got alan down in san diego the loyal guy um, he's loyal to us, remember, only us. Alan, how are you doing, man? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. It was a nice uh, three-day weekend. Uh, saw some good friends for a friend's birthday. Uh, survived Man City. Uh, I gave them a really big hand for their play, but they couldn't pull it off. Uh, so a pretty good weekend. Perfect. Also joining us, the noisiest of noisy guests, we've got Cameron. Cameron, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Um Parroting Dylan's point, uh, Cal State Fullerton and women's soccer beat Cal State Northridge 4 to nothing to win the Big West, and now they're playing USC on Saturday in the NCAA tournament. So, come on, Titans. 
<laughs> Perfect. Um, we have two guests out of the Southern California area. First, I'm going to bring or introduce Mr. Brad Polanski up there in Reno, uh, co-host or I, I mean, this week you're like the host of uh, 1868 Weekly, right, Brad? Yeah, that went amazingly. There's a reason why I'm usually a co-host. I learned how technically hard your guys' job is. Um, thanks for having me, as always. And vamos a Zulis. Uh, perfect. And last but not least, uh, out there in the desert, the land of butterflies, we got Kevin uh, from the PRFC Fan Show. I think I got that right. I'm learning how to do that. Yeah, it, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to this. I think this is an unusual mix of people, and it should be a lot of fun. It's always fun when we have people like Brad, like you, Kevin, and especially Cameron on uh, it for – Brad and Kevin, if you've never been on an episode when Cameron's joining us, uh, there tends to be some weird random sounds. I think we've heard uh, someone brushing their teeth. We've heard water being drunk. Uh, we've heard a few other things. So anytime you hear a random weird noise, we sort of like to play this game, guess the sound that Cameron is making. Um, I think Cameron's doing his best to keep his microphone muted, though, when he's not actually talking with us. But maybe he'll forget and we'll get a chance to do that Some uh, where in this episode. Uh, we got some busy stuff. We got off to a little bit of a late start, but we're going to try and keep things rolling here for you. So we're not keeping those of you that are listening to us up too late. We're getting into our awards part two. Uh, and we're going to start off with this first award. I'm actually going to be the one that's going to uh, announce this award and who's winning this award. Uh, we do have two of the award nominees on this episode with us. This is the award for podcast guest of the year. And your nominees for this award, we have Cameron, the noisemaker. Uh, we've got Kevin from PRFC. Uh, we got John Macaluso from 1868 Weekly. So, Brad, uh, always the bride's maid, never the bride, right? And, uh, no, uh, I, no, no. I remember <laughs> uh, they're saying, tweeting out, I'm honored, but vote for the other guy. Go, John. <laughs> there we go. And the last nominee for this is Alicia from Angels on Parade, uh, who was a big help of getting things started for this podcast and and really just covering Orange County in general. Man, I know what it feels like to be in the Oscars now, sitting in the audience. This is like you, horrible. You do, fingers high. crossed, right? Fingers crossed, right, Kevin? Um, <laughs> the winner for this award... Oh, and I, I forgot to say, too, is uh, Alicia, she's the defending reigning champion for this award as well. Winner for this award is Alicia again. Uh, she was voted by the fans as the guest of the year for our podcast. I think she was only on like one brief moment uh, for this season. But, hey, the fans love her probably for all the coverage she she does for Orange County. Uh, I think Cameron had something to say here. Maybe. No. Robbed. <laughs> oh, I was, you know, uh, if if any of the other ones would have won, you guys could have had a great acceptance speech here, or Brad could have accepted on behalf of John Macaluso, uh, who is one of our great friends on the show. All of you guys are great friends on the show. But yeah, Alicia, congratulations. Uh, two years in a row of guests on our podcast. Uh, any thoughts, uh, Dylan or Alan? She flies so incognito. I mean, she's she's real... <laughs> Real casual about it. No, I, I forgot. You told me this last week, and I forgot until you were announcing it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." But you know, <laughs> she's you know just quiet in the background, doing things. Evidently, yeah. very popular amongst our listeners. Well, I mean, she's before we got started in podcasting, and then you know, 
started getting involved with actually writing some st- uh, stuff down for people to read. She she was doing this back, you know, when it was OC Blues. Uh, I think she used to cover Chivas USA for SB Nation. When they folded, she basically covered Orange County for a season or two uh, until LAFC started uh, getting built and and ramped up. So, and she's just continued to cover Orange County since. So. All right, so let's move right along to our next award. And for this next award, I'm going to hand it off to Kevin. He's going to be presenting the toughest opponent of the year for Orange County. Uh, So go ahead, Kevin. I'm handing it off to you. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I think this is a pretty good list, actually. Um, uh, There are four candidates. The first is, of course, Phoenix Rising FC, because we all know how great Phoenix Rising FC is. Uh, LA Galaxy 2, which I think is interesting. It seems like LA Galaxy 2 kind of had your number this year a little bit. Um, and so that's an interesting choice. Rio Grande Valley FC, I'm, I'm assuming that means that you guys were playing at their in their house and it was a tough game. I'm not sure. And then the last one, uh, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny, uh, Orange County FC. I guess uh, you guys think that you were you were your own worst enemy at some at some point in time. Uh, but the winner is, uh, for this year, uh, Phoenix rising FC. So, uh, I did reach out to the club and see if they wanted to provide a statement, you know, to be excited about reading this award. Apparently it doesn't mean much to Phoenix rising FC. So Kevin, on behalf of Phoenix rising, you get to accept this award on their behalf. What do you have to say? Uh, you know what? We love the rivalry. Um, you know, you guys know how it goes and, and we just banter and throw all sorts of shit at each other constantly. Uh, so what's not to love about it? You know, it's, uh, it's a good rivalry and you guys beat us at the beginning, right? We were the last game that we lost before we went on our win streak. Um, and then you came in our house and, and you, and you guys must've felt bad about it because it was an own goal. If you remember that game started off. So. Uh, it's always fun. It's a fun rivalry. Some people get really heated about it. That's not what I'm all about. Uh, I just have a good time with it. Oh, we 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 have a great time with it. We love to to give the Phoenix fans a little bit of a hard time, but it's all in fun. I think we've talked about it numerous times, Kevin. Uh, we definitely appreciate the 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 good rivalry that there is there, and I'm sure um, Alan and is prepping his local. San Diego wins uh, that are going to be supporting the loyal. What to expect out of those Phoenix fans? Yeah, it's actually one of the uh, first conversations we had was what is the Twitter and banter scene like? And I said it's kind of hit and miss, uh, but especially locally, you're going to really enjoy the banter from Phoenix. They're a really good group of dudes. Uh, You share a beer before a game. You talk smack through the game. You grab a beer after the game if you have time. And then when you go back home, you uh, relive it on Twitter for the next, you know, three, four weeks, four, five weeks to play each other again. Um, I'm looking forward to increasing the banter between uh, the California teams and Phoenix. Uh, they're, <laughs> and it's just a fun game to watch because um, I don't think either team is really afraid of the other. They really kind of try and play their styles against each other. So they're just really fun games to watch in general. Uh, they're always competitive. Uh, the last one wasn't as much, but... Um, we're going to blame it on the heat, I think. And um, the fact that I was there jinxing them, I think is what. The... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to just reach out really quick to you, Brad, as an outsider on this. Do you, uh, when you see that list of four teams that were the top vote getters for that award, do you agree with Phoenix being probably the toughest opponent out of those four? Yeah, I agree with Phoenix being the toughest, 
Uh, the toughest opponent out of all of those uh, four. I'm kind of surprised to see uh, Rio Grande Valley and even more so to see Orange County FC in there. I get that you guys are still salty over that whole uh, USL Cup loss. Uh, that's not the team you want to lose to, although we lost to our rivals in Reno. But um, yeah, Phoenix is by far the scariest team that we had this year uh, for the USL Western Conference. And, you know, Obviously, you have to pick the best because if you can go against the best and come away with some results, good on you guys. There we go. Um, Dylan or Cameron, do you have anything you want to just sort of throw in there with Phoenix as the toughest opponent? I mean, Phoenix was clearly a head and shoulders with everybody else in the USL. And so I feel like it's kind of cool that we got we beat them once this season <laughs> so um they can say that we can say that we beat them before they went on their long streak but i mean really that's it's pretty much it i mean phoenix was the best team in the usl this season i mean tough loss to the monarchs in the playoffs as we lost to them as well so you know I, that's all i really can say about that Perfect. And, and I don't know. I thought I saw Alan say something about a robot voice. Was I having another robot attack there? Or yeah. was that? Yeah. Yep. Is it, is it cleaned up now? Yeah. Yep. So Sticks I got to probably won't be calling for you to in. <laughs> uh, Dylan, uh, any quick thoughts on Phoenix as the toughest opponent? Yeah. Um, I mean, what a team, my God. Um, just the run they went on was amazing and they were absolutely probably one of the toughest opponents. Um, also, that city is so brown and always so hot. It just makes me sad to have to go there. And it's always in the middle of the summer. So, hey, USL, can we get like a March game so that it's not 110 degrees the entire time? Yeah, that's that's. I just have to complain about the weather. That'd be nice. It's like a necessity. I would rather be dead in California than live in Arizona. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, moving right along. Let's uh, move on to the assist of the year for Orange County. And I'm going to hand this off to Alan for this award. So assists of the year. The first nominee is Michael Orozco to Vinicius uh, versus Sac Republic. I believe we have some highlights for this one. Then Go ahead. Harry Forrester to Michael Seaton versus New Mexico. Then we have another Michael Orozco to Kevin Coleman uh, versus the Tulsa Roughnecks and Harry Forrester to Michael Seaton versus the El Paso locomotive. And the winner is Michael Orozco to Vinicius versus Sac Republic. That beautiful over the head kick uh, after a headed on, I believe by, by Walker Hume, Vinicius heads the ball gracefully over the keepers outstretched arm into the corner and a beautiful and a pretty important goal uh, for Orange County on the road versus Sacramento. Definitely uh, an amazing goal on that. Dylan, what are your thoughts uh, on that assist uh, for assist of the year? Um, I think it's a lot more exciting than Alan's voice, which have you, would have you believe there. Um, <laughs> I didn't really pick up on the assist the first time because I think I had just turned to my parents and said, I'm not sure this guy's going to score tonight. And then all of a sudden it's, it's Vinicius heading that in. But um I mean, it's that 
that experience um, where you're just, you know, you have to put the ball back into the middle of the box and someone should be there, um, whether it's, you know, another center back or uh, a striker, um, someone probably has to be there to finish out that attack and, until the play is done. And, and sure enough, you know, he, he floats the ball perfectly. Um, wow. Truly beautiful. And it wasn't even the most impressive thing we saw from him this year. So, wow. I mean, he really is a complete player. I, I love it. I think the other thing that's pretty interesting about that whole sequence is the ball never touches the ground. It's header by Hume, I believe. Um, chest, maybe once bounce and then kick over the head. Maybe it's even chest to kick over the head to header. Like that ball is just bouncing around without it really ever touching the ground and goes through three players, which is just a phenomenal ball control and being able to, to place a good pass across the box that Vinicius can get his head on. Yeah, Orozco loves a play that has some flair to it and makes you wonder how a dude that's like 33 or something now is managing that. I love it. It's seriously, it was it was seriously amazing. Definitely. And now, uh, Kevin, do you want to go ahead and demonstrate how that goal sort of, or that assist worked out? Can you show us back there and did you have enough space back there to... Yeah, to yeah, re- I can, I can re- do that. that. I've, I've got the skills. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say this, I, I did, you know, I don't watch Orange County games, you know, because yeah, I just don't have that much bandwidth. <laughs> um, but I did go look at the highlights and that was my choice. Um, that was just a beautiful play. It was very cool. And I, I think for the record, I don't think the ball hit the ground at all, Ellen. I think that ball stayed up in the air. Uh, so that's like three or four touches in a row where the ball just stayed up in the air and, and went in. It's a, it's a great play. And it's your center back winning assist of the year for your team, uh, which uh, I think Dylan was sort of referencing that this guy can do it all out there on the pitch. Cameron, uh, your thoughts uh, briefly on that assist. Well, I mean, he's got to put respect on the age, you know, 33 year old do Orozco doing, doing what he did. Um, it it's just like you know, good assist overall. Left left Cameron pretty much speechless, I think, uh, from what we saw there. Uh, and, and I think uh, Dylan sort of referenced it. Not quite his most um, impressive feat of the season. I, I think uh, if I'm correct, Dylan, you're probably referencing his goal in, in the uh, first round of the playoffs there against Real Monarchs, right? Yeah, but you, even a center back was listed twice in the final like the final four for the assist of the year. For the assist. That's yeah. And, insane. And these are nominees, like anyone that actually went on and voted, you could see, we didn't just put like these four, there was probably about six or seven options to choose from. These are just the top four vote getters. So uh, that tells you right there, you know, Michael Orozco took two of the top four spots for assist of the year, which again, yeah, like you said, Dylan, just, just amazing. Um, let's move on. We've got save of the year next. And for the save of the year, we're going to hand it back to you, Dylan. Yeah. So excited. Um, everyone knows I love goalkeeping despite being short. Um, so we've got, we've got five nominees here, um, for save of the year. We've got Frederick Dew versus New Mexico United off the free kick. Um, one of, I think two consecutive weeks that he made a save like that. Following that, we've got Aaron Cervantes versus New Mexico United on his debut. Uh, and then Frederick Dew again versus Sac Republic, one on one with Sam Werner. We've got Patrick McLean uh, from his rear against Colorado Springs to salvage the point. 
and then Aaron Cervantes again against the Monarchs. Um, Aaron Cervantes won this one for a save against New Mexico United. Uh, in his debut, 47th minute, if you look at how this play transpires, it's honestly amazing. He gets out slowly. He's over his feet the entire time, and then with his head kind of covers the front uh, front post and then turns his body to cover the rear post. It's kind of crazy to think that he was, I think, two days past 17 when he made the save in his debut. One-on-one, just the confidence required for that was absolutely amazing. And it was, I mean, I can see why it was uh, it was save of the year. I mean, the the amazing part of it is, again, and, and sort of like we talked about with Michael Orozco, uh, you had Aaron Cervantes, two of the top five vote-getters for save of the year, uh, and he's 17 years old. I mean, future is very bright for goalkeeper. Uh, for uh, Well, if you, the, the near future, I guess, would say is pretty bright for goalkeeper for Orange County uh, if he stays on the, the path that he's going through. Um, he's potentially going to have to go elsewhere. Um, if he gets to that level, uh, we did reach out uh, to Aaron Sfrontes and he did uh, send a brief message um, to accept this, this award. Hey guys, how's it going? I just want to thank you for uh, nominating me for the best save and uh, thank you for all the support you've given us and I'll see you guys next year. Perfect. So s- simple and sweet there from Aaron Cervantes. Um, Alan, how about you? What are your thoughts on that save? Is that your pick for save of the year? That was not my pick for save of the year. I think my pick was slightly controversial by how he left the team, uh, but I thought that off his tush to save, uh, to get the push on the ball, um, Patrick McLean. I also really like the Cervantes versus Monarchs. Uh, it was kind of this cross volley, half volley, um, one touch shot that he had to come back across to save. Um, but, you know, looking at, all of the nominees, it was so many saves, so many saves of the week nominees. Uh, we were pretty fortunate to see some pretty, pretty solid gold keeping uh, down the stretch of the season. Uh, we were pretty, pretty lucky after that first Rocky start. So I think all of the nominees, um, particularly Cervantes and Frederick, um, it, it was just really hard to nail down even just like eight or nine. There were just so many to choose from that were just super like world-class saves. Uh, so congratulations to Cervantes. Very well-deserved. Um, if he didn't win for New Mexico, he definitely should have won for that Real Monarch one as well. Perfect. Um, let's. I'm going to go to Kevin and Brad. I'll go one at a time, though. Just You can give me your answer on this. So I'll go to Kevin first. Um, you know, Aaron Cervantes, again, 17 years old, has a bright future ahead of him. At this point right now, with him being a 17-year-old and with what Phoenix has, uh, Kevin, would you be willing to give up whatever goalkeepers you currently have for Aaron Cervantes and for the future you might have with him? Well, that's a good question. First of all, you know, we have to give grudging respect to him because he, he did give Phoenix rising some fits. He had some great, you know, he had one particular great game where he had some, some great saves and, and I would have voted for him against New Mexico United because any save against New Mexico United is a, (laughs) is a save of the year for me. Just screw those guys. That's, that's the way we can't say F-bombs on this show, right? So I'm trying to be cool about it, but yeah. Um, anyways, um, we are so deep when it comes to keepers at this point. You probably saw that um, uh, Carl has announced his retirement. We've got Zach coming in. 
But we've got two very strong guys that are playing down with FC Tucson and BK, who's been up with us um, on the on the sub list for a while. So only because we're so deep with keepers right now, um, you know, I just don't think it would work out. But otherwise, yeah, he's a quality kid. He's got a bright future ahead of him. And and yeah, he'd be a great uh, grab if we needed him. What about you, Brad, up there in Reno? Would that be yeah. uh, something you would do? Uh, you know, short answer, no. Long answer, he was absolutely infuriating to play against uh, when we traveled down to Orange County. He was a, you know, bright kid. Um, short answer for us is no, because we have two keepers that in JT Marzinkowski and Mount Persano that played, you know, out of their mind this year. Um and two players that I expect to come back next year and to be fighting for minutes again. Um, but Aaron Cervantes, I wish him nothing but the best. He's He played really well in the games he played, and this was also my choice. You know, just how lightning quick he was uh, on that save there uh, just shows, you know, that he has a good future. And I like Dylan's explanation of the save where it's like he used his face for the near post and his arms for the, uh, the far post. And luckily he did that because it, Definitely worked out well there. Uh, and just want to remind anyone that's potentially listening to us on the podcast, we do go live uh, every Tuesday night, typically at 8.30. We got off to a late start uh, this evening, uh, and we will typically have maybe some videos or some things like that going on on the live stream. You can watch us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, Twitch, or even on our website. You can just go to live.ocscpodcast.com to check all that out. Any of the highlights we are showing on this episode are all courtesy of uh, USL Championship Productions. Uh, so thank you to them for letting us uh, put those on here as well. Uh, let's move ahead, and we're going to go to the win of the year for Orange County, and we're going to go right back to you, Brad, for this one. This is a perfect uh, uh, category for you to to tell us about. All right, so let me re-pull back up what I have. There we go. So for win of the year for Orange County, you have three really good choices as your top go-getters. The first one is Orange County versus Sacramento Republic on October the 12th. The second, or that was a three to two victory. The second one was against our other guest, uh, Orange County versus Phoenix Rising. Orange County won on May 4th, two to one. And then finally, a game that I had the dishonor of being in attendance of and that one is orange county for reno one on july the 24th two days before my birthday and the so winner goes be, to, wait before brad announced the winner does anyone uh want to guess who this winner is i'm sure we all know go for it brad <sighs> and the winner goes to the third option the one that i attended and had my hair shaved off which has since recovered very nicely uh, that would be Orange County beating Reno 4-1. to one. Uh, And honestly, this was the game that I voted for. It's a statement win, you know, of all three games here. Um, this is the only one that's a multi-goal, uh, a multi-goal victory for you guys. I think you guys were looked very dominant during this game. And also, you know, the added bonus of me shaving my head. But nobody remembers that, I think, right? Well, you I got you got totally you forgot. got off way too that. easily. You got off way too easy, Brad. You're oh. luckily you are lucky. I was in Boise when that all went down because <laughs> I would have pulled out the you know the Bic razor and be like, nope, you got to go down to the scalp or something like that. I wouldn't have let you get away with what you got, Dylan. I'm still upset about uh, that or upset with you about that, um, right, Kevin? I'm going to go to you as a, a neutral voice here. 
I don't know if you know what happened here, but basically Dylan and Brad put their hair on the line. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember it. Right. So we you know what happened? We talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, so Dylan, it's not acceptable that Dylan let him get off let easy with just sort of a nice shortcut, not a, 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 a clean cut. I'm a nice person. I didn't want Bradley's woman's to leave him. Um, for that reason, I mean, you know, scarf all in the background is plenty of reason. Women, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely know, Kevin. Um, oh. But yeah, this is definitely the save of the year, right? I mean, Win. it's my my win of the year. My of the year. So, <laughs> it saved our season. Let's put it that way. Um, there you go. That's our win of the year. I, good, good. Um, well, no, no. I, I, I'm going to tell you before you keep going, Dylan. I mean, that's what you just said. I think almost anyone that follows Orange County know, looks at the season. That was the match that sort of turned things around for that good mm-hmm. final finish there heading into the playoffs. Uh, go ahead, Dylan. Yeah. Um, you know, Christian Duke comes back into the lineup. It's the second game back and it looks like he never missed any time whatsoever. All of a sudden we're a great team, not even a good team, like great team. And we pulled Reno into pieces. I mean, they made a sub, I think in the 32nd minute at the, at the water break. It, we just dominated them the entire time. And, uh, you know, Darwin Jones gets a brace, and then Danny Chrysostomo scores his first professional goal. It doesn't get any better. We outshot them 24 to 7. We had nine shots on target. Their one shot on target was a penalty. Just, oh my God. It yeah, yeah. Could Keep not rubbing have been it in. Any better. And did I mention Brad got a haircut because of this game? <laughs> Uh, Don't ever yeah. mention the haircut Good again, time. Dylan, because you let him off easy. I, I'm sorry. You I, let him off way too easy. Oh, my God. You should have heard the amount of complaining that was going on when this was happening. <laughs> <laughs> you should have recorded that part of it. Yeah, I really should have. <laughs> Alan, I mean, uh, do you agree with uh, yeah. this as the, the win of the year? For sure. I think um, the, the Phoenix game, uh, they were missing Asante. Um, so it kind of changes the dynamic of the game slightly. But that Reno game, Orange County, it just it it's rare for all of your players to have spectacular games, and it felt like everyone on that field was having the game of their of their year. That game, it just like they played like pedal to the metal the entire game. They were aggressive. They were really fun to watch. Like it was just we were up in the press box like giggling through parts of the game. Like it was just such joy to watch that did- game. Alan, really quick, what did that giggle sound like? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, giggling. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, you. it was palpable how much fun the team was having. It was hot. It felt like Reno maybe, like, tried to play a little bit, and they were like, eh, we're, we're good. We're going to kind of roll over on this one. But Orange County looked aggressive. Again, they looked really, really, really fun to watch. Just, you know, even as – if I was a neutral, it would just be an amazing game to watch that team have so much fun. Uh, Dylan mentioned the Chrysostomo goal. Uh, that was just kind of like the cherry on the top. It was such a magical day. Um, it was really, really warm, like unnaturally warm for Orange County. It would probably have been like a nice spring day for Phoenix. But for us, it was a really warm day. Um, and so you're a little bit worried going into that game. You know, it's Reno. They're You know, this isn't one that is going to be easy to win. And then all of a sudden the team just turned it on and it was great. 
And I'm going to go to Cameron because I haven't forgot that you're here, Cameron. You're just being very, very polite, very quiet uh, while you're waiting to talk. Uh, what were your thoughts of of that? Was that your pick for win of the year? Um, I feel like in terms of how the beginning of the season went, yeah. And because you, you can easily say Sacramento because that sort of cemented seeding. And that we were a higher seed than we were supposed to if we had lost. Um, but I just think that was probably the most complete game of the season. I think the defenders are playing well. It's just there is a balance there. And holding a good team like Reno to only seven total shots. No, it's a big, it's a big statement of victory. And I think like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take the piss out of Bradley right now. Um, but no, it's just like, <laughs> because he, because, because he is a man of principle. He's a man of his word. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take. I don't want to make fun of someone who's a man of principle. Um, so I'm. Just, yeah. It's in, in terms of just like a statement victory. I just think that was like clockwork, liquid football. <laughs> oh, fun stuff! And and again, for those of you that listen on the podcast, you're missing out on some fun stuff going on. Uh, we we do our podcast via Google Meet, and uh, there's a chat feature there and we chat around and anyone watching can see what we're chatting about so uh cameron making noise even when he's not making noise i think is what i see on there from alan that's his <laughs> quote there uh so someone found the noise that cameron's making on this um and then now dylan dropping the s-bomb on the chats as well <laughs> this is just an awesome episode here as we're going through this uh <laughs> let me go uh let's win it here um i i unless Brad really wants to talk more about this, I'm going to go to you, Kevin. Uh, when you see that type of victory, I know the, the cool thing about this match too, is it was the like featured match for the USL for the week. Uh, it was actually on like the ESP N three or whatever the Ocho or whatever they call that stuff um, there. I know I was up in Boise and I was sort of mad because uh, the place I was staying, the internet was down. So I was like, and Although I have Verizon Wireless, the service was not great in my area. You know, so that that can you hear me now guy wasn't doing his job in that part of Boise apparently. So I was like literally like holding my phone up in the one spot where I could get any kind of information and going with that. So uh, let's go to you, Kevin. Um, what do you think of that match? Would you agree with that being the uh, the win of the year for Orange County? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, Reno was still um, out there producing. Sac Republic was already starting to fall apart at the wheels. You know, uh, Sac Republic, I think, could win the, the award for least um, living up to their potential in uh, the Western Conference this year. Um, it was a turning point for OC. Your season changed after that game. So overall, I mean, that, that was a big game. And I lied before because I did watch about three quarters of that game. Um, and OC, you know, you, you watch OC, and when you guys click, you click really well, and uh, you clicked in that game. Uh, the Phoenix game, it couldn't have been the Phoenix game. We were just getting our our lineup down. We had Asante missing. I think Ellen said that. Um, and so uh, the Phoenix that, that you all beat, although, you know, you beat us, it wasn't the Phoenix that was, you know, rolling out on the field a couple of weeks later. Um, so Reno was a much bigger win in my mind, absolutely. 
Perfect. Um, let's go ahead and move on here. And we have to now talk about the celebration of the year for Orange County. And I will be the one that will be talking about this one. Oh, there were four nominees total, four nominees total, even on the voting. So we didn't really cut it down because basically only four options to choose from. Uh, and those four options that were available for celebration of the year. Uh, first was Darwin Jones and his mixing. Uh, second was uh, Danny Chrysostomo in that Reno 1868 match after scoring his first professional go goal, blowing a kiss. I believe it was to his like friends and family that were out there in the stands. Uh, third, we have um, Harry Forrester with the fist pump right in front of County Line Coalition after he scored an amazing goal um, in, I, I forget who it was against uh, really, but yeah. And then the fourth nominee is Vinicius with uh, an amazing backflip while he was uh, celebrating there after scoring a goal. So let's see the winner for this particular award. Is, is there any doubt on this one? I, I'm just going to ask really quick um, for each of you guys to just sort of in your mind, don't say it out loud who you think the winner was. And then I'll call it out and then we'll see if all of you got it right. The winner was Vinicius and his backflip. I'll just go down the line really quick. Dylan, uh, did you know that was, well, I obviously you knew that was the winner because you sort of knew the, the results before we went live. But even before you knew the results, did you have any doubt? No, when he did this, I was like, that's that's the celebration of the year. Um, also, you guys are so great at like not giving any sort of emotion or excitement about really awesome things that happen. Like Alan's like monotonous. Oh, this is this is fine. And and here you are like, oh yeah. I mean, it's whatever. This guy just nutmegged the keeper and then did backflip. Who cares? You're talking about me? Yeah, dude. I'm I'm I'm. Kid scores first goal in the U.S. and does a freaking backflip. Dude, I am. Not only talking, but I'm trying to manage the the video and graphics that are going on on our live stream. Uh, I'm trying to do like three things at one time. So I apologize, Dylan, if I'm not giving you enough emotion. Is yeah, this enough emotion for you at this I need point? you to be banging your fists on the on the desk. Yeah, yeah. I just I was just trying to be my like a impersonation of David Attenborough, not like narrating. The, yeah, are you, cool. were you just yeah. eating when I called called you out the first time? Is that what you say? <laughs> I think you were. Oh, wow. Dylan, I his like A game. He's trash talking to this episode. Look at that, man. Oh. Once again, I, I, go I need to go to a Phoenix fan to calm things down here. Do I have to do yeah, that, Dylan? No. Yeah, I think Look, you do. I didn't, I didn't get asked, but man, if we'd had a hair challenge like that, we would have burned the hair off of his head at the end of the game. That would have just, it would have been all over. That's, and you know what? We, if we Dylan, lost, Kevin, for next year. Next year, do you guys want to set up the bet right now, D Dylan and Kevin? Yeah, I'm, there is no way I am making a bet like I'll I'll bet something else, but not my hair. No, nope. no. Hair. Kevin's gonna be a single man if that happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, um, but yeah, I mean, we would have done the same. To be fair to us, we would have done the same thing to ourselves if we'd lost. We probably would have ripped the shears out and shaved ourselves and burned the stubble off or something. It's uh, you know, <laughs> you got to take the extremes. Oh, celebration of the year. Cameron, can you do can you pull that celebration off? If I asked you to do it right this moment, can you try it? No, because my hips are hurt, back's hurt. I am a premature 
Uh, I think you mean old immature. man. I think you just mean immature. <laughs> the pause after premature. I love it. <laughs> uh, he, he forgot what he was gonna say. I was old man. Uh, I was in physical therapy for six I, months. My I back, so I am. Apologize to all, any older listeners that are listening. I didn't mean any disrespect when I said that. Cameron was forgetting what he wanted to say because You're one of them, right? right? So I, I am actually. I, I yeah. guess what's the what's the that age? That's that such an ageist thing to say. Uh, Alan's age plus one. <laughs> Is that so? Okay, Alan. Um, Alan, how about you? Can you uh, demonstrate that flip right now for us? No. Uh, Brad, if I give you a hundred dollars, can you try it off? Uh, hundred dollars won't cover the medical uh, deficit of breaking my neck. Okay, and I'm not even going to ask Dylan because I don't think he would try. And apparently, Kevin doesn't want to try anything. Hey, I, I, I can flip. I can flip for you. Okay, there we go. Right here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought he was just going to his webcam around, but that was much. Better. I know. <laughs> um, oh. I, for the record, I would do it on a trampoline. Um, on a trampoline? Or from a um, raised platform. Well, let me just say this. Congratulations, Vinicius, for yeah, your amazing yeah. flip after you scored that goal. I got to put some excitement into it because that's what Dylan wants. So way to go, Vinicius. That better? Massively, yeah. Someone finally putting some emotion into it. <laughs> All right, let's move along. Now it's on the Shall Cameron to, to keep Ooh, the emotion Cameron. going. <laughs> let's see what kind of emotion we can get out of Cameron. He's going to uh, give us the goal of the year. Okay, so we got the award. Probably 99% of the people listeners only care about. Um, or MVP too. But like, <laughs> his last two awards. Um, so, here are the grand list of nominees. So, first one. Harry Forrester versus OKC Energy. With a nice outside the boot, outside the 18-yard box goal. Michael Seaton versus Portland Timbers 2. I'm trying to see what's going. All right. A nice little doink to the back post. Liquid football. The third goal is Vinicius versus Tacoma Defiance. So let's bring this up on the screen. It's a meg through the goalie. Ooh, good one as well. Goalie messed up big time over there. So uh, talk about a grade A chance. And the final contestant, he is named as previously uh, Harry Forrester versus Fresno FC. Wait, hold up. Announce the winner. <laughs> did we get this? Did we get this one wrong? Did we? <laughs> No, it's we checked. Because <laughs> that one's against. That, well, all right, hold on. Oh, Dylan, who's the? <laughs> it's La La Land. Oh. Is that Fresno FC? Yes, it is. All right. Oh no, I was thinking of that near post header, like the last game of the season. I'm like that was goal of the year. No, what? No. Um. All right, so the winner of this award is Harry Forrester's goal versus 
Fresno FC. Robbery. <laughs> Absolute hey, robbery. Cameron, this was voted on by the fans. So you're basically saying the fans are wrong. Is what you're saying. So you're right? telling me an, so you're telling me an outside the foot outside the boot yeah. shot outside the 18 yard box is what not as good as your standard blast? Like this is it. I it, actually have to stick way out more with Cameron here. He's right. Um, like, that, like, look at that. Like, we look back at that goal. That's pretty average. Or someone from England should be scoring that. Robbery, <laughs> robbery. It's true. Like, that's that's the kind too of goal simple. You expect him to score, right? You expect him to score that goal. Like, except for, for real. Except for, no, except no, no, for... no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Outside the boot shot takes more technique than than that. Like, lace through the goal. No, 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 no. no. That is it. It's. We've lost control of this, this episode. Is... Cameron's just going to keep going all, all the rest of this episode with his... No, because, no, 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 no. Cause, cause this, this, is, award? Uh, this is righteous anger, right? This is righteous anger. Right? Let's say this, right, though? <laughs> uh, let's say this is... I get what, you, what you're what you saying there, Cameron. It's not the easiest of shots. He's off balance. He's sort of... Uh, oh, not the away. easiest. He's, he's going away from the goal and gets a nice a nice velocity behind the ball. So I can understand why that would be considered. I, I do sort of agree that his other shot is probably the better of the two. But again, this is the fans voting for it. Um, I can see why that may be the winning vote um, on there uh, because of the off balance going away from the goal and getting that much power behind it. It's pretty impressive there. Uh, Alan, are you as angry? And are you going to talk now for about 15 minutes about how angry you are? like Cameron's trying to do there? No, but I do have to reevaluate my life if I agree with Cameron. This is like this is like an existential crisis for me that I agree with Cameron that that it outside of the boot like I literally saw that happen in person and then was like, "Wait, what?" and had to pull it up on ESPN Plus. Like I saw it happen in real life and still was like blah, blah, blah. And I looked at and I watched it back like three or four times. The two, the quick little double touch to get through the defenders was brilliant to begin with. Then to put it on his outside of the boot to curl it around to the back corner uh, or back post, I like it still flabbergasts me that that happened and I was there to witness it. So I agree with Cameron and I'm going to take tomorrow off of work and rethink my life in general because this is like, I can't. I can't believe I'm agreeing with Cameron. The Kevin. funniest part. Oh, go down. Oh, no, okay, I was gonna say the funniest part of the situation is Cameron was standing next to me when Harry Forster scores this goal against Oklahoma. And I go, he's gonna send this thing into the stands. He's gonna send it out for a throw in because he's trying to put it on his right foot. Or and he can't. He can't put it on his right foot. He's going across and he's just gonna go for it. And mm, I was like, no way he scores this. And then he puts it in the back of the net. And I just turned and I'm like, okay, look at me. I get to talk trash. And now he proves me wrong. I, t- I-, I feel bad for our listeners. But um, whoever voted for that goal against Fresno was wrong. It wasn't even the best goal against Fresno. All right. I'm here for um, the hot takes. <laughs> Kevin, uh, I saw you in the messages there. You're talking about that. Uh, you sort of agree with Cameron. I guess everyone agrees with Cameron on this. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't see any of the goals, but if you've got a shot that's outside of the boot, you know, versus straight on laces, you got to go with outside of the boot every time. That's just a very difficult shot to make. Perfect. Um, 
let's move on then. We got one more award, the final award, and then award season is over for the the Orange and Black Soccer cast. This last award is the big one. It is the MVP as voted by the fans. And I'm going to hand this off to Dylan to take care of this award. And you know I've got those stats already just for this reward. Um, all right, so we, we had four final nominees. I think we had 10 to begin with or something. That looks right. I think it was actually nine. Apologies, everyone. Um, final four were Walker Hume, Darwin Jones, Michael Seaton, and Christian Duke. Um, Walker Hume had 116 clearances, uh, 40 interceptions, and won 114 aerial duels. Darwin Jones, of course, 12 goals, five assists, uh, kind of a career year for him. Michael Seaton, 12 goals, five assists, plus the extra in the playoffs to get him up to 13. And Christian Duke with the one assist, which happened against Reno. <laughs> 66 duels won, and the team had a 9-3-2 record once he returned. Um, our winner for this one, maybe not a big surprise, Michael Seaton. The total Do you have more excitement, please, Dylan? Assists. Um, no, because we expected this, right? We all expected Mike to be winning team MVP. Okay. No? Okay, That's just fine. silence. Um, I mean, what are we... I don't think we could be too surprised, right? He was definitely one of the players who worked the hardest. Um, it's not a surprise that when people doubt him, he comes around and scores or has another 10 plus goal season um, does it with almost no delivery to himself. I mean, I, there was a whole bunch of times this season where he was going back almost as deep as Aiden Quinn to pick up the ball and try and drive it forward through the middle. And he scored some absolute bangers and he scored some really critical goals to either draw us level or to open up leads for us throughout the year. So, I mean, well-deserved. I like your blank face right now. <laughs> Alan, I'm, I'm trying to read. Like I said, I do multiple things while we're doing this. Uh, Alan, what are your thoughts? Uh, do you agree with this pick of MVP for Michael Seaton? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, there's a couple guys who I think had really good seasons. Um, Darwin Jones on goals and assists has practically identical season to Seaton. Uh, but I think, like, for what. Uh, Seaton was working with for part of the year um, that he was, you know, always trying to make himself better. Not that the other guys weren't, you just saw how hard he worked and how hard he wanted it. Um, and I think he, over the course of the season was kind of the best player on the team. Uh, I think you can make an argument for Christian Duke, especially coming back and how well they played. Uh, you can make an argument for Darwin Jones. He had, you know, a couple of really good games where he was, you know, huge offensively. We talked about Walker Hume last week with Defender of the Year, um, being able to do you know some stand-up tackles, um, playing very well defensively. Those guys are all well worth a good nod, but I think you know Michael Seaton's uh, season. I, I, I think Orange County is nowhere near as successful without Walker Seaton. Walker Seaton, Michael Seaton <laughs> pulled a Ray, put a Walker <laughs> Patrick Patrick Dew, uh, a Michael Seaton up there in in the box. If only to you know pull some defenders away, so other guys have a little bit more space. Perfect, and and I think uh, I want to go back to you, Dylan, because I think you dropped a part of your responsibility here. Uh, we do have a statement from Michael Seaton. He actually reached out to him, and I know we heard from him 
uh, last week when he, he won the forward slash winger of the year. Uh, now for MVP, he sent in a written statement, and Dylan was supposed to read it to you guys, but he totally forgot about it. Oh, I was waiting for your comments first, because after all, Michael's words are the most important. Um, and this comes from a dude that told Alan and I that if he let in a goal at the front post during a corner, he would give us $100, and then he never had to pay out for Um Anyway, so we reached out to Mike, and he got back to us uh, with a statement um, saying, hey, guys, thank you very much for this award. It's a great honor to be recognized for my hard work. I'd like to thank, or sorry, I would like to share this award with my teammates. We worked hard as a team, and without them, I would not be able to become the leading goal scorer for Orange County. I'd also like to thank Coach, I would assume Cloutier here, for believing in me and allowing me to play my game. I hope that the team can bring the USL trophy to Orange County soon. Again, thank you for voting me as the team MVP. So, and let's just say this: Thank you, uh, Michael Thieton, for all that you do, or all that you did for uh, Orange County this past season, uh, over the past two seasons, really. Because I, 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 again, I'm going to say this: I think I've said it numerous times. He's been one of the most supportive of our podcast uh, since we started. He was. Uh, there was a, I think, a stretch to him last season where we probably pulled him off to the side almost every single week for about three months straight because he was on such good form and. He was so willing to talk to us almost every time uh, after a match. So it was just, he made our job a lot easier at that point when he was you know, willing to help out like that. So a great person and definitely a great player. Um, uh, Brad, as a fan of the opposing team, when you see someone like Michael Seaton on uh, the other team uh, starting 11, does that scare you? Um, kind of. Because, you know, he's very competent, he's very capable, and he will make you pay if you give him any space. He made he made us pay, you know, he scored the first goal of that game, and probably, you know, two years in a row, uh, made us look silly. Uh, Dylan just said it in the chat, totally made us look silly there um, this season. So, you know, congrats to him on winning and having a good season for you guys again. And then, uh, Kevin, I, I, I know there's a little rivalry between Phoenix, Phoenix, Orange County, but I could say, you know, when you see a player of that quality that uh, put, gives it his all on the field, I think you can remember, I, I think it was last season, he had like one of the best games of his career in Phoenix, where he's like, you know, taking off his shirt, showing off his tats to the home crowd. So you've seen firsthand what he can do on the pitch, uh, a player like this, and he's still a young player with, with, potential to grow here uh, is he one of those players you know this past season that you look at as you hope phoenix can find a way to contain him and um is, is he a scary player i guess uh, that's the ultimate question yeah i mean he's a player that you need to watch and respect because he is a good player um he uh he did play well against phoenix um i think it was last it was last season right it wasn't this season i don't recall him scoring against us this season um yeah, I mean, it's somebody you're going to watch for. Any any of the USL teams, I think, you know, if you look at Reno, anybody but New Mexico, you know, you got to look at their forwards and uh, and respect them and 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 know that they're there for a reason, right? He's got a great career in front of him. He is a feisty player. Um, you know, one of the things that Phoenix fans all scream about OC all the time is uh, we think play gets a little bit too rough between the teams so much, and he can be in the thick of that. Uh, a good bit. Um, but that's, you know, when, when the game is on and the heat's on, everybody's pissed, but afterwards it's really mad respect because he's playing with all of his heart. So yeah, 
he's a he's a great player. I'm sure when um, when we're putting together our strategy, he's a key person that we've got to mark, make sure that we keep him contained because uh, he will he'll make you uh, pay. Um, but he's not my MVP, by the way. I'm a Phoenix fan, right? So it goes to Kevin Alston. I'm just saying. Not Walker Hume to set up that yeah. beautiful uh, chip from Asante. Yeah. Uh, Michael true. Seaton scored the winning goal of the 2-1 victory against Phoenix Rising. In- oh, Nitty, was he the one who scored it? I thought yeah, that was- Quinn, Quinn had the penalty first, uh, and then Seaton scored the second, and then Adam John tried to pull the scored game back. a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, in the 70th. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. He uh, he did. So, yeah, you got to watch any of these guys. There's so many strikers. You've got Chang on Real Monarchs, right, who's just phenomenal. Um, the list just goes on and on. I won't belabor the, the point. But, yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's a great player. So, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our – awards for 2019 uh if you didn't get to hear the awards from last week go back and check out that episode to see who won those awards uh and then again if you joined us late you can always look for the podcast when this comes out for the uh these awards here um let's do this let's get into some other soccer news and the one thing i i know i wanted to sort of bring up briefly here was um recently announced the UFL team of the seasons were announced and let's just say this as uh, an East coast bias apparently going on with these uh, team of the seasons. Uh, I'm going to start off with you, Alan drinking, whatever you're drinking there. Um, is that a fair statement by me when I say there's an East coast bias going on, on these teams of the season? I think there almost always is. Um, I think the argument that people have made for years is that the East Coast has the deeper squads. Um, West Coast has a couple top teams at the top, and then your mid-table teams might be better on the West, um, and your mid, like low end might be better in the West. But you know, there's you talk about the history of Louisville. You talk about you know Baby Bulls. You talk about the team that is moving up and is going to become the new FC Cincinnati. Um, I do think there's an argument between who's better East and West as far as the top goes. And when East is very top heavy, they're going to get a couple guys in the team of the year. Um, and so I think there was also an argument that, you know, East coast teams may be better defensively and offenses in the West are a little bit more open, a little bit more goal scoring. Um, but it was a little bit disappointing not to see some more West Coast players, uh, but I think a lot of people are going to make the argument that the East is top heavy, and that's going to lend itself to you got to pick a couple people from each of those teams, and then all of a sudden you're at eight. So, and I'll go to you next, Kevin, because out of the West Coast teams, there was some good representation from Phoenix in those lists. Uh, I think that was obvious heading into the USL award season that you would probably see quite a few Phoenix players uh, getting some acknowledgements because of the wonderful run that they had during the season there. Um, Do you think that there should have been maybe a few more West coast? I, I I can't remember exactly when I was reading it, but I I know it was for team one and team two, both East coast dominant. Um, I think team two maybe was like a six to five, but I want to say team one was like an eight to three or a seven to four a ratio of players. What are your thoughts, Kevin? 
Yeah, I mean, H-E double, double toothpicks, yeah. I mean, it's always East Coast uh, oriented. It has been since I started following the USL. Um, honestly, seeing Pickens uh, in goalkeeper, and I know I'm a Phoenix Rising fan, so I'm going to be biased, but come on. Look at Lubin's, uh, look at Lubin's season there. Um, it is East Coast heavy. Um, I, I dismiss a lot of the arguments of East Coast versus West Coast. The, the real exception there being um, Three Honest Lads. I think they have some pretty good takes when it comes to defense. But the bottom line is none, none of us truly know because we don't have any crossover games. And it pisses me off. It, it's part of the problem with the league. One game at the very end of the year speaks nothing to where these leagues are. And if you look at the disparity, top, like you were saying, top heavy in East Coast and then just a bunch of junk underneath it, well, there's You're just... going to be top heavy if if there's a bunch of junk underneath, you're going to win a lot of games that um, you know don't take a lot of work uh, as opposed to, I think, you look at the West Coast, every team like 1 through 15 was like basically clawing it. Okay, I'll say 2 through 15 were clawing at each other throughout that season for positioning and it came down to the last like two or three weeks and teams could still jump up like four or five spaces at that point. So sorry to cut you off there, Kevin, but I mean, no, but you're absolutely right. I love your point. It's you're absolutely right. It was a scrap. I mean, look at Phoenix had this great run. We have a great team. We've scored all these records, all that kind of stuff. We got knocked out by real monarchs because they came in and they were hard and they were hungry and they wanted to, uh, they wanted to take that game. We did not have our best game. They had a great game, so all due respect to them. Um, I don't like the lineups. We could pick through it player by player, but that just gets personal at that point, so we don't do yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, it is East Coast heavy. It really, really annoys me. Um, it's kind of like fan-based voting. I hate fan-based voting. Uh, it's like prom homecoming queen here, here. Uh, voting. Uh, it's crap. And what we need to see is more – crosstalk across the conferences and then we can start talking in real terms but until then wait kevin i got a question so could or at least an argument so do you think that do you think the people who picked the team of the season saw how well phoenix did in the west and they kind of felt well phoenix was as good in the west and everyone seemed to have fallen behind do you think that could have played in the voting of Phoenix being so far ahead of everyone else in the West, or is it just, or like, or is it just the point still stands? That's just heavily East Coast bias. I just think we have the USL organization being an East Coast oriented and biased organization, and that's what it really comes down to. I think this is a, it's very germane to the conversation to say that they are headquartered in the East, they focus on the East, and the West Coast is there, and they pat us on our heads and thanks for showing up. But uh, the East is priority. Well, let's say like it comes down to the argument that's in every major sport in the United States is uh, most of the organizations are based in the East Coast. And most of the fans aren't willing to stay up until one in the morning to watch a West Coast game. Uh, and that includes like the reporters, the media. They're like, I'm going to go to bed. And if something major happens, maybe I'll check it out. Other than that, I'm not staying up till, you know, crazy hours just to watch a uh, you know, Orange County versus Reno game or something of that nature. So uh, I, I think there's the combination of the the location of where headquarters are, you know, Tampa, East Coast. And yeah, they they don't quite see everything out here. They're just looking at the final scores for a lot of these West Coast teams. And then the fact that the West Coast teams were just 
just clawing at each other all season. So you didn't have this uh, look of like a four or five or six dominant teams in the West, like you had out in the East coast type thing. Um, Dylan, really quick. Do you want to throw your two cents into this or are you, are you okay? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is it too late to bring back uh, USL's Ligma um, from last year around this time? Um, they make so many questionable decisions involving how the team of the year works and how team of the week works. And um, I'm just saying back four should probably all be um, Riverhounds players. And they definitely shouldn't all be from the East Coast in actuality because no one actually attacks in the East Coast. Uh, It should be, I don't know someone not on that list it was so garbage i mean zach lubin on the second team come on phoenix like presses teams and attacks and then it just we leave lubin empty in the backfield and he came how many how many dudes did he shoulder check this year and not get carded for i mean he's obviously the goalie of the year um but seriously i just i don't understand i i don't think john arley is a very good writer and the other thing about Pickens is if you look at how many shots he faced, it's like one of the lowest shot totals of the league. Like, yeah, his save percentage is pretty good, and his like goals against average is pretty good. But I think he saw like 80-something shots. Like, God. cool. But there's guys who are seeing, you know, 30% more shots who have, you know, slightly better or just slightly less numbers. Like, it's hard. It was hard for me to even consider him. Like you're going to win some statistical battles. I think that was what happened with the goalie of the year last year. Like the guy who won Golden Glove wasn't actually the best keeper in the league. Just happened to be the statistics were the best. Um, and with and also, statistics are so subjective. And it's yeah, like how striker. How good is your back line? Like if your back line's terrible. You know, you're going to see a lot of quality shots, which makes your job harder. Um, I think a lot of those things need to be taken in consideration that I don't think quite are. I think it's easy just to look at statistics and say, this is the best goaltender by statistics. Let's throw him in there. Well, yeah. And when, like you said, with the goalkeeper thing, like unless you're really going back and watching the tape for all these goalkeepers, it's, it's statistics and they don't always tell the whole story. Um Let's do this because, you know, we're already over the hour that we like to try and say, but it is award, uh, an award episode, so we're willing to go a little bit longer. Is there any other soccer-related news, either USL or any other soccer stuff that anyone uh, feels is worth talking about here? So, uh, I got it. Got it. So, a USL franchise was awarded to David Villa, I think. Yeah. It's Queensboro, Queensboro FC. Uh, there's going to be another USL Eastern Conference team, but the thing, my question to this is like, how many teams do they actually want? Because it feels like if it, this is going to be so many teams, and there's already a lot of teams we speak. Like, I'm not sure. So, I mean, I'm not sure what to think of it. Like, who uh, Ottawa Fury um, just announced that they're out. I think. They're yep. out. They folded. These, I don't know if it's folded or temporarily or what it is. Um, and on the West Coast here, of course, everyone knows about uh, uh, our, our poor friends up in Fresno. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. At, at, I look at USL. They're they're saying just we want as many teams as we can get. Who cares the logistics and all that? 
who cares if teams only lasting a few seasons and then heading out. Um, I'd love to see a more, a more stable league and a more reasonable number of teams. So you can have maybe at least some uh, matches between conferences, which would then be able to tell the story of which conference really is the stronger conference uh, when you're looking at stuff. But when you're going to end up having 50 teams or whatever on uh, uh, in your league, you can't do something like that, which is uh, disappointing there. Um, we also yeah. travel budgets as well. Like what can teams really have these like extensive travel budgets? Everyone oh, travels yeah. to the East. But that's where you end up doing maybe something like a, a maybe like a Saturday Wednesday match where a team goes out, or maybe a Saturday Wednesday Saturday um, schedule where a team goes out and plays three road games in a row out in like an East Coast. Um, you fly out to the East Coast. Getting around in the East Coast is not as hard as getting around in the West Coast. Um, so yeah, it. I get what I get the whole reasoning by it, but I mean, a lot of these teams like in the West Coast when you have to travel out to say Tulsa or. Um, RGB, it's not a short flight. It's you're flying more than halfway across the country to get there. So, um, yeah. I just think, honestly, at the end of the day, the league is looking to probably send anywhere from six to teams down, six to ten teams down to League One, uh, and maybe look to institute some sort of pro rail. Maybe, maybe I hope, but who knows at this point. <laughs> relegate phoenix um <laughs> I, was just reading, I was reading a comment out loud so for those of you listening to the podcast i was just reading what uh yeah, I'm doing. um time time here is there anything else we want to talk about i think we can't end the podcast without talking about pro ref i mean come on this is one of the source topics i have for the season and not just from a phoenix rising perspective but from a perspective from almost every team in the Western Conference where I watch games, some of the refereeing this year was horrific at best, um, losing control of games, not making obvious calls, changing the outcome of games. Uh, it, the number of poor decisions that affected the outcome of games was it was entirely too high. I mean, one's too high, but it's it was just uh, – there was a huge amount of it and they've got to fix this because these referees are just not doing their job. Uh, we've had conversations throughout the year about this very topic. So uh, I could say at least Dylan, myself and Alan, we all agree with you that there's some very, very inconsistent uh, quality of refereeing across the league, which sort of sucks, but I mean, really, unless the league is willing to pay more money per match for the ref, they're gonna get the lower, the lower quality refs. I mean, it, it just comes down to the, the money aspects, and I don't think the USL wants to spend the type of money that's needed to get the higher quality refs out there. Yeah, which is unfortunate because it hurts the sport. It does. How about you, you know, Kevin? You should go uh, go apply for your ref license. You can be one of those those pro refs out there. That would be a terrible ref. <laughs> I could not take bias out of that game. It would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we need to sort of get to wrapping things up, at least for our podcast and our live stream here. Uh, I think we're quite later than normal here. Yes, uh, so we're going to go around the table really quick. Random thought from each and every one of you. I'm going to start off with Cameron. Cameron, random thought for the episode. Put him in the spot, Ray. So I was 
I was doing some extensive historical research this weekend, and I got to give a shout out to my boy, Harold Hadrada, the last Viking in the Viking age, you know, gets deposed as king, like, gets deposed as king in Norway. He travels down to, to Kiev, fights for Vladimir the first. He travels down to the Byzantine Empire, starts murking on people, the, the, the Arabs, the Normans. He starts just tearing down everything. He goes back to Norway, claims his throne, but then unfortunately dies at the Battle of Stamford Bridge. We're talking about a total like rise, fall, redemption story. You know, Varang- King of the Varang- Leader of the Varangian Guard. My dude, Hadrada, pouring out for you. There you go. Um, I'm going to go next. Kevin, what about you? My random thought. Um, good Lord, I hadn't even thought of it. Okay, so here's one that I've been sharing with my kids a lot lately. Um, I actually saw an interview with uh, Will Smith. Um, I don't really listen to movie stars much because I don't think they're anything special, really. Um, but he did say something that I thought was interesting, talking about um, how you navigate life, that no matter what you're doing, everybody today wants everything right away, immediate gratification. If they try to do something, they want to be the best or, the, or, or earn the most money or whatever right off the bat. And he talks about how you need to view everything as building something one brick at a time. Define what that brick is and, build, and put, lay that brick one brick a day every day. And before you know it, you'll have a house that it takes patience and dedication and actually building something in order to make something worthwhile. And for me, um, that's a great, I mean, even at 55, that's a great lesson for me. Um, but I, uh, you know, I teach that to my kids and uh, it's had an effect on them. It's already had a, a good effect on them. And I think it's just something that's uh, worth considering. Perfect. Brad, what about you? All right. So for me, uh, my random thought is uh, if you haven't already subscribed to this wonderful service, uh, Disney has a monopoly on your childhood. Go ahead and subscribe to uh, Disney Plus. So, so you're telling us now, I know you you went and watched, uh, you you binged Hannah Montana, uh, not Hannah Montana, uh, Lizzie McGuire, and you watched Brink, and you watched all these fun old shows and movies you watched as a kid, huh? Totally guilty. You know me so much. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, after this, I'll probably go watch an episode of the new uh, Mandalorian show, uh, watch a bunch of old uh, Simpsons cartoons and, you know, maybe a Nat Geo documentary or two. As long as it's working. Hopefully it's working, Brad, because apparently there was a bunch of issues uh, throughout the day. Um, hopefully they got them all fixed. Dylan, what about you? Are you uh, going to go binge watch Disney Plus right now? Oh, well, you know, I love massive corporations. Um, and you I do? especially love that human trap. Um, no, I have a poem, though, like I do every week. This one's called A Boy Juggling a Soccer Ball. It's by Christopher Merrill. That's M-E-R-R-I-L-L. Uh, super good. I love it. Um, and it's so topical. Yeah, other than that, if you get yourself a VPN, you don't have to pay for uh, Disney Plus. And, um, you know, it'll just work because it's not a streaming service and you could host things locally so you could watch them on a plane, um, including all 30 seasons of The Simpsons. Dylan always telling us how to break the law. Uh, Alan, what about you? 
Brad kind of stole my thunder. Uh, I just got done rewatching Flight of the Navigator, and it was uh, just as magical as I remember it when I was a kid. Um, very nostalgic, very 80s music, like made me giggle several times. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it's fun reliving your youth and watching movies that you thought were phenomenal, and some of them still hold up, and some of them are just terrible. Uh, so please go do what Brad did, said, go relive your childhood. Um, Dylan, uh, you're still in yours, so I'm go live <laughs> your childhood, I guess. So you're fine. Don't get Disney Plus. For us nostalgia folks, uh, the orig- like a bunch of the X-Men cartoons are on there. And I remember watching those back in the day. Um, so I'm going to go full in on Nostalgia Machine uh, with the Disney Plus uh, included in ESPN as well. Uh, so yes, Brad, thank you. So I gotta say though, Brad, Alan, are you guys paying for your Disney Plus? Or are you yeah, like, I, I choose to like support me? the artists that are you, like me? are you like me? I get it for a, a year for free because I'm a Verizon Wireless customer. Oh, I don't overpay for my cell phone, so yeah, I think it comes just, out even on the end. Name dropping so many terrible companies tonight, please. Uh, while we're at it, Amazon, Google, uh, Walmart. Oh, we already did Google. They are all amazing companies. Oh, and hey, so by cool. the way, companies, if you want to sponsor our podcast, I will mute Dylan for each and every episode if he's going to talk I mean, smack about your wonderful, amazing. Oh company. man, you toady! Their employees. You, you, you're a toady. You're a toady. <laughs> the Orange and Black Soccer Cast brought to you by the Department of Homeland Security. And, and Ray Samora, the sink. And, and Ray the Sinkafat. Ice, it's not just the thing you put in your glass. <laughs> oh, God. Back on top. <laughs> Where can we go, man? <laughs> How does this always happen? We stay controlled for like an hour, then all of a sudden. Billionaires shouldn't exist. All right. Uh, that was almost like, a random thought. We got, I'm not even getting to that's my not, right it's, tie, it's tying everything together. Tying how everything do, together. How do I meet this guy? Um, we're going to go around the horn. <laughs> Why you me? Uh, What's a... We're going to go around the horn, give you each chance to share your if where our listeners can find you if they want to hear more from you, read more from you, whatever it is. Kevin. So you can reach me on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, sort of Instagram. PRFC Fan Show is the name of our little show. Perfect. Dylan. You can find me on Reddit slash you slash what? You slash OCSE underscore Dylan. Or you can find me on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan. See, that's what you get for talking smack on big corporations. You lose your mind. Cameron. So you can find me on Twitter at what Cameron said, uh, not Dylan's what toothbrush says. Um, and then on Instagram, you can find me at simply known as Cam. I too also have a Reddit, but I'm not active. Also, what Cameron said. Um, if you want my dank meme stash, you can find me on Facebook. Um, Probably find him at dentist office everywhere too. <laughs> Brad, I mean... your turn. Brad, your turn. <laughs> and in an awful twist, we find oh, out it a... wasn't an electric toothbrush. Oh, that's a tough act to follow. This is a children's podcast, Kevin. Not anymore. We've we've grown up, man. Dylan, you're 21. Um, we can do it. Go 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 um, ahead, Brad. 
All right, thank you. Um, you can find us on our little show at uh, YouTube at eighteen sixty eight weekly. Uh, we stream weekly, usually Monday or Tuesday, six thirty p.m. Pacific. Uh, you can find me personally on Reddit at Pal on the Sky or by the same username Pal on the Sky on Twitter. Perfect, Alan. Hey, Underwood forty eight on the Twitter machine. See, that's the way you do it. Short and sweet, Cameron. Um, you can find our podcast, uh, our Twitter account, uh, at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. You can also find us on Facebook. Go to our website, OCSCPodcast.com, to listen to all and any of our episodes and read anything that Dylan Allen and sometimes myself we have to say uh you can follow me personally uh on twitter at dj ray samora i want to thank our guest kevin brad cameron and then of course our normal dylan and alan here uh for joining us today for each of you that are or for all of you that are listening if you've been listening since the beginning thank you so much for your continued support if you've just joined us recently maybe you listen to or watch kevin's show or listen to brad up there in reno you want to start listening to us because we're such a cooler uh, funner, more hip show than those guys put on, then great. Join us. Keep listening and, and we'll appreciate you as a fan, but keep listening to those guys too. Cause you got to support them as well. Uh, for everyone, I'm Ray. This is the orange and black soccer cast and we are out. to our sponsor, Gruffneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.